Welcome to the podcast series, Withers Talks Art. I'm Diana Warbicki, the global head of the Withers Art Law Group, and I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast series. In these podcasts, I have the pleasure of asking art-related questions to my Withers colleagues from around the globe. With me today is Jimmy Darty, a partner in our Greenwich, Connecticut office. Jimmy assists with executors and beneficiaries with all aspects of their estate administration process, as well as considering estate planning issues. Before we begin our conversation, I would like to remind you that anything discussed in this podcast is for informational purposes only, and we are not providing any legal advice. Jimmy, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. We have had the pleasure of working with a number of clients on their art assets, both collectors and artists. The fact that art is movable is something that becomes a discussion for us in planning the estate administration. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about when we're working with collectors who have homes and storage facilities in different states in the U.S., what are some things that we should be thinking about for those collectors? One of the things we have a concern about with collectors who have residences throughout the United States is some U.S. states impose estate taxes, others don't. And with the state estate taxes, we're thinking about the jurisdictional basis to impose taxes. Art is an interesting asset because it's movable, but at the same time, whatever state it's located in has the right to tax that asset upon their death. For a client who spends so much time saying, well, wait, I moved my domicile to a state that doesn't have income or estate taxes, but they left some of their valuable work behind in a vacation home in a state that imposes estate taxes, they would be paying estate taxes unless they took some proactive steps with that. Now, one of the easy ones is it's movable. It's a valuable piece of work. Let's move it out. It's all based on where it is as of the date of death. It can be a last-second planning option where we can move it out. To produce some more certainty, we can use trusts and we can use business entities to reclassify the type of property so that it won't be subject to estate taxes in the jurisdiction that do impose it. There's always complexity working with these collectors because of their homes in many different jurisdictions. And we already have complexity just with the U.S. client. But I think once we take into consideration that many collectors also have homes in a number of different countries, that in itself adds another layer of complexity. What are the additional things that you're also thinking about when it comes to collectors with homes in New York, but then also in Italy or in France. Having those pieces overseas can often pose substantial issues because one, it limits our toolbox because a lot of times certain trusts and business structures that we use simply aren't recognized there or the country's happy to let you use a trust, but they're going to tax the assets at far higher rates that are effectively punitive. We have to use different techniques there, but we're also addressing additional issues. One big one that often gets overlooked is forced heirship. Here in the U.S., we take for granted you can give property to whomever you choose. Overseas, there's a concept of a right of inheritance. And even though your client may say, well, I'm clearly a New York resident, it's possible for a New York court to say you're a New York resident and for a court in Italy for example, to say, no, you're an Italian resident and our law is going to apply, and it severely limits what the client can do with it. So us getting involved at the early stages can identify those risks and put in structures that are going to get the job done and not have punitive taxes apply. We're always considering taxes and punitive issues there and where we can be more efficient. And I think that we've learned from working with a number of estates on this issue that there are certain things that you have to be ready to do quickly and other things that you have to have patience with. One thing that comes up quite a bit is when 
art is located in a home and we've planned it out and for tax purposes we feel good about it once the person passes away there may be a security issue with regard to that real estate and we may need to move something because the insurance won't cover it at a location where somebody isn't living in it anymore and then we also have the flip side where it may take us a while to move things because of export issues related to that that's something that we've seen as well. Is there anything that you think we kind of learned in this process when it comes to planning for having to export out of a country during the estate administration process? One of the things we've learned is proactive planning during life is going to make things a lot easier after death. One of the things we've seen, no one actually kept the list of where everything is. We all want to get the work to one place to sell it to make sure it's probably stored and secured, but no one knows where those works are and to address the export issues that are unique to each one. And then there's also making sure is, well, who can go ahead and insure the property? When it's clear that there's a transition of title, if it's held in a business entity or trust, as opposed to if it was just in the individual's name, you can run into an issue where we're having to rush into court to get somebody appointed just to make sure that insurance doesn't lapse or that they can go ahead and secure the house so that this property isn't at risk. These are all such important considerations that we find people don't necessarily like to talk about what's coming in an estate administration process, but it can just save so much time and money to have those discussions ahead of time, and especially with the art, and enable us to plan for it. We've been focusing on collectors, but we've also worked together on artists. Are there different approach that you take when thinking about art that's an artist's work as opposed to a collector's work? With an artist, one of the things that can come up is when they have their art out on consignment, for example, that we may not exactly have control over where it is. How do we stay involved with that process to make sure that it doesn't end up in a jurisdiction that, God forbid, the artist passed away while the art's there that can create additional issues? The other thing to be mindful of with artists when they pass away is those forced heirship issues become all the more important because it's clearly their artwork that they own and the ability to be able to transfer it to who they want becomes a lot more difficult. Part of it is speaking with the artist to make them be able to ensure that their work goes where they want to be, whether that's charities, museums, is it about generating wealth for their descendants, is it about maintaining their legacy. We'll find different structures to be able to implement those, but each of those goals brings about different solutions. The goals that so many of our clients have is looking at, one, making sure that the assets are being distributed, that their wealth is being passed on. That's an expensive category to maintain. There will be insurance while the person is alive that they're keeping. There will be storage expenses that might be related to this. And those are expenses that the heirs may not want to continue on with and are also expenses for the estate. Thinking through a plan of disposition to make sure that we're not continuing to incur expenses and deplete the estate is very important. Many times we do consider the option of selling the art. We've worked together on a number of occasions of selling through auction and advising clients on that aspect of things. What we learn is that even the art market, you can't predict it. There are ups and downs. A lot of it is based on unrelated market factors that will affect an art sale. That's a pressure on the fiduciary responsibilities of executors and trustees in disposing of art collections. 
what are some pieces of advice that you would give when planning for that stage and those fiduciary responsibilities? Fiduciaries often are scared to deal with this asset. Art is such a difficult asset because valuation, people have wildly different ideas of what it could be worth. And that goes from both the beneficiaries' expectations, because some of them who are not sophisticated collectors themselves, like their parents were, say, well, mom and dad always said this work was worth, say, $20 million. And every appraiser you bring it to, every collection house is saying the same thing, that this is a $5 million work. There, the fiduciary has a bit of psychology work to do, of resetting expectations on the beneficiary's part. The other side of it, though, is making sure they're protected from liabilities, so that no one has an action against them when that does sell for $5 million, which everybody thinks it is. The part of that is documenting clearly the advice that they're getting along the way and showing that they thought about things carefully, that they took advice from experts in it. Because if you're a fiduciary that is not an art collector expert, and really there aren't many out there who are, even if they are, it's best to get a second opinion to show that the fiduciary thought about this before going ahead and selling the art in a specific way. That's especially true with collectors and artists, especially with artists who have a lot of works that are their own, coming up with a plan of what gets sold first probably doesn't make sense to bring forward the collection all at the same time, even if people don't want those costs. And that does present a challenge for the fiduciaries, but if they talk to advisors, if they get things documented well, they're well protected against any disgruntled beneficiaries who have much different expectations as to what they were going to get and when they were going to receive it. There's so much to think about with art as one asset of so many assets in the estate, and we've touched upon a few of those issues here today. Jimmy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure discussing this art law topic with you. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you for listening. And if you have any follow-up questions, please feel free to reach out.